Hello, and welcome to the Mike Guinari podcast. This is podcast number nine. So yesterday we spoke a bit about um, offshoots and uh, <clears throat> continuation organizations of the Golden Dawn, the original one of the late 1890s and early 1900s. Um, first, I just want to get back to the fact, yes, I know this is supposed to be a podcast and my research and work about mental health about using ancient ways and practices and occult ways and practices and basically anything alternative to try to find a way to level up our minds, um, provide some supplemental relief to anxiety and depression. I have not lost sight of that, but I just figured it's going to be very helpful um, for you understanding what I'm researching, the, the fields and the groups and whatnot. That way, when I make a recommendation, you kind of hey, try this out, you know that where it came from, you know, how I came up with that and just, you know, pull it out of thin air or something, you know, you know, you know what it was based upon. So um, today I want to start off with a few more organizations. These are the ones related to Alistair Crowley, who was uh, quite the character. So Alistair was, if you remember, he was a member of the Golden Dawn, um, and he was involved in the whole uh, schism that the Golden Door had experienced. While McGregor Mathers was out in um, Paris and France setting up the temple there and spending a lot of time there, um, at that point, Alistair Crowley uh, was ready to advance to the to the inner order, and all the folks in London um, who were able to promote him to the inner order, initiate him into it, refused to. They did not like him. Um, most people, it seemed like, didn't really like him once they got to know him. So Crowley took off to Paris to visit Mathers and buddied up with him, and Mathers himself initiated Crowley into the second order. Um, and they were kind of buds after that, and now, they had a plan for taking out the folks in the uh, leadership in the London Temple. Um, and that's when the whole thing fell apart with the Golden Dawn. But that wasn't the end of Aleister Crowley. Um, it wasn't the end of um, the groups he belonged to and ran and um, what he believed in. So, Aleister Crowley actually founded a religion called Thelema. Um, and this religion is based upon a book he quote-unquote wrote called the Book of the Law. This book, he claims, um, was actually transmitted to him that he received from an otherworldly entity, um, maybe his guardian angel called something like Allweiss, Allweiss? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, he just transcribed it, read, wrote it down. You know, I don't know if that's true or not. I think most people believe it isn't. Maybe it was just the, the amount of drugs in his system and, you know, he heard voices or something as he wrote it. I have no idea. But in any case, that's what he claimed, that it was transmitted to him by um, another otherworldly entity. 
And that book of the law turned into a religion called Thelema. Um, Thelema is still practiced today. You can find Thelemic churches and go to their masses. Um, yeah, they're still around and going strong. So Aleister Crowley joined, joined two groups in the late 19, um, 1900s, uh, 19-odds, I guess they call it. Um, one of which was called the Ordo Templi Orientis, or OTO for short, which was run by a man named Theodore Royce. Um, Alistair Crowley um, got pretty high up in the in the organization and uh, was right under uh, Royce's wing. So the OTO was very connected to Freemasonry. Um, and you actually had to be a Freemason in order to join the OTO. But when Theodore Royce died, Aleister Crowley assumed control of the OTO and made some pretty significant changes. Um, the group basically became about Crowley's Thelema religion. The OTO then was dealing with Thelemic rituals, religious masses, did some magic, but it was Aleister Crowley, um, his beliefs basically being espoused through the organization. Whether that was good or not or bad, no, it's up to anyone's opinion. But one good thing that he did do um, was he got rid of the ties to Masonry. So anybody could join the OTO. You didn't have to be a Freemason, which in turn also opened up the organization to women. So that was definitely a good thing. Probably a little bit ahead of his time with that. Crowley also formed another group, another Thelemic-related group called Astrum Argentum, which translates from the Latin to silver star. So AA, Astrum Argentum, not Alcoholics Anonymous, um, was purely a spiritual and magical um, academic-based organization. It was all about learning and, and practicing the magic and the skills, not as much about um, rituals and, and masses and everyday philemic worship. Um, and you really didn't know anybody. It wasn't like a group that got together. You only knew your mentor, the person who brought you into the group, and supervised you and helped you, who will usually be one level above you. Um, you only knew that person. And then eventually when you advanced far enough to have your own student under you, somebody maybe you brought in, you would know them. But in theory, you should never really know more than two people in the organization. That's how it worked. Um, and, you know, the Astro Magentum, like I said, was all about the Lima in the end, and it was made up of three orders. Their first order was basically the exact teachings of the Golden Dawn. Crowley brought them over. It was magic, Kabbalah, alchemy, astral planes, etc. It was street Golden Dawn. The second order had its own name. It was called the Order of the Rosy Cross, and that order was total Thelemic teachings. 
and their third order was the Silver Star. And that was for doing advanced work of one's own volition. Basically, if you reached that level, you were on a much higher spiritual plane and you knew what you were supposed to research, basically. That's what it came out to be. So in the end, Aleister Crowley had two different organizations espousing his religion of Thelema. Um, it's really interesting. You know, I, I've tried to read a little excerpts of the Book of the Law. Man, is it confusing. Man, do you have to read between the lines and figure out, you know, the, the symbolism and, and whatever else. There was even, I think I heard this, there was one part of the book, one passage, that people were asking Aleister Crowley about what it meant, and he said he didn't even know. He basically skipped over. He had no clue what it meant, you know, and he wrote it, or if you want to believe it, he received it from transmission. But in any event, um, ODO, I'm sorry, OTO, it still exists. Um, there's one in, in New York City, not too far from me. Um, they have regular masses and, and social get-togethers and whatnot. And as far as the uh, AA, um, they're still around in different forms, too. Um, there's a group out in California um, who runs a college for it. Um, and they're still around. That All the materials are published once again. You know, some people prefer to go to a school or a course in it because it's all nice and neatly organized. But you could just as easily pull all the writings um, off the Internet and figure out the order they're supposed to go in and do the same thing. It's more work, uh, not as user friendly. And, you know, you might want user friendly considering how uh, convoluted um, and difficult the writings are to uh, get to the bottom of. So in any event, so those are Alastair Crowley's organizations. Um, tomorrow, I want to discuss um, modern Druidry, or what's called Renaissance Druidry. Um, I would definitely categorize that as a cult and alternative. Um, and I think it's definitely worth you know, uh, bringing that up. I'm actually a member of two Druid organizations. I'm going to talk a little about those. So until tomorrow, stay well.